Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Trendle Dead Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, weather in schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trendle Dead Tales. Find us around the web under Trendle Dead Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you have a place you get podcasts, uh, especially if you have an account, please leave positive comments and be sure to subscribe because it helps other people find the show. And this is episode 125, the Laura Ingalls Wilder Fandom Roundup for 2021. Now, with that, you can hear our clock going probably, but let's go ahead and do... Some housekeeping. And that is a reminder for you to be able to take part in the show. Now, uh, if you want to call in, we're taking calls tonight, and the number is 714 242 5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free 1-877-633-9389. That's toll-free 1-877-633-9389. Or you can chat while we stream live episodes, and that's going to be kind of important for our first few episodes this year. So if you are interested, you can uh, create an account and log in at blogtalkradio.com slash trundlebedtales and you can chat and I have the chat uh, open. We have had over the years quite a few technical problems with it, but I think it's actually working now, knock on wood. Uh, So uh, if you want to chat in, you sure can do that. And uh, there are actually quite a few different uh, platforms that have our podcast on them now, uh, including iHeartRadio and Audible and, of course, iTunes. So if you have a favorite source to get podcasts and we're not listed there, please let me know and we'll see what we can do about getting on their list. Now, Uh, I want to give you a heads up. I don't have the link ready yet, but I will probably go ahead and do that after tonight's episode uh, for our annual Laura Ingalls Wilder on-air birthday party. Now, what we do for that, uh, that is our, uh, it's our episode where we want to hear from our listeners. So I hope that uh, you'll be willing to come on and talk about Laura, to talk about why you love Laura, how you first got introduced to the Little House books, um, your favorite memories of the books or the TV show or something you did because Laura did it, uh, like making ginger water or learning to play the pump organ or making your own rag doll, whatever. Uh, It's stories like that that we're looking for. Or if you just want to come on and say, I love Laura Ingalls Wilder, that would be great because we have, I have to fill the hour. (laughs) I think people would rather hear you than hear me. And uh, it's, we, we normally get uh, some really good people calling in, so I hope that uh, you will take that as uh, an, an invitation and come. 
Uh, it's usually best to call at the beginning because we actually get more calls at the end. So please call early. In fact, call often and uh, participate in the birthday show. Now, as, oh, and uh, the Walnut Grove pageant is going to be streaming on their Facebook and YouTube right before that at 7 o'clock with some uh, new things going on. The sound you might hear in the background is my administrative assistant, Susan Utah. Do you want to say hi? No, she's shaking her head no, but she will be enjoying making noise this entire episode. So if you hear any background clatter, if that isn't clocks going off, that'll be her. Um, okay, uh, looking ahead, uh, you, I didn't get as many episodes done as I hoped I would in 2021. Looking forward in 2022, we are going to try and get back on our planned schedule. Our planned schedule includes a short episode at the beginning of the month giving highlights or what Laura Ingalls Wilder events are happening that month. Uh, that's usually about 15 minutes. Then we have one episode where I'm interviewing someone, and we actually got a couple of those done in December, I am happy to say. And later this month, I don't have a date yet, but we should be having Nancy Cobal, who was, is the head of the Pioneer Girl Project at the South Dakota um, State Historical Society Press. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. They, of course, just came out with Pioneer Girl, the revised text. And um, then we do one that is just me talking on something, which that's tonight's episode. And you can hear that I have done a great job keeping my clock wound because our parlor clock is ringing just a little late. But that should be all of our clocks now, so we should be good for a while. Um, yeah, so this is going to be the me talking episode. And then we try and do a half hour that is a hobby or about a place people might want to travel or something like that. So we will see how well we do keeping on that schedule for this coming year. And I hope we will do better than last year. And that's all I'm going to promise. So with that, let's go ahead and round or um, end up our housekeeping. And so that is going to um, bring us into the episode where we're going to summarize what's going on. And I would have to say that we really considering everything that was going on and the reduction of um, things that we were trying to avoid having large events, um, we really did pretty good this year. Um, there were some definite cancellations. Uh, Pepin, for instance, uh, their Laura Day was scheduled, canceled, and then rescheduled in a reduced form over the course of the year. Uh, and uh, the Walnut Grove pageant um, didn't uh, it didn't happen. Uh, or the Mansfield pageant didn't happen. The Walnut Grove and the Dismet ones did. So we had definite cancellations this year, and hopefully that was the end of them. Um, now, there are several events that, that rely on a lot of volunteers, and some of them were kind of running out of volunteers to help with it. Now, it's certainly not all events, but there are some that are kind of on that. So I hope this hasn't killed any events off. But as we go through 2022, we will have to see what happens. So 
we are going to flash back to December 2020 because there was uh, right at the end of the year was the American Masters documentary on Laura Ingalls Wilder. Now, we had been waiting for this for quite a while. Um, they did, uh, they filmed at the Laura Palooza celebration. They went to a couple of the different event sites had. They filmed at least a little bit at every home site, and they were there in Mansfield uh, when I was there, although they did not interview me, which was a huge mistake. I'm sure you all would pay more attention if they had included me. But be that as it may, they, also, they had interviews from a lot of great people who didn't get included. And I'm really hoping, I had asked them about what they were going to do with the unused footage, and they said they're trying to get a archive of American Masters unused film together, and it will probably be part of that project. And I hope so, because I would love to see what they didn't use. So that was right at the end of December. Oh, and if you haven't seen it yet, uh, there is a YouTube channel called Laura Ingalls Wilder in Minnesota. That is the YouTube channel for the Walnut Grove pageant. And the night that they did, um, I think, I'm trying to remember if it was the night they did the preview or if it was the night they did the whole episode. I think it was the night they did the whole episode. They had a panel of uh, people come on to talk about the documentary and what they saw and what they liked. And I was included in that. And you can still watch that. That is available on their YouTube channel. Uh, now, I am going to skip ahead just a little bit with that one because they also had, they can do these special events with public television where the individual, well, stations in the um, viewing area can set up events they a lot of times get them sponsored, but they're live action events you can go to. And I actually got, I found out about them because they usually have these things in Des Moines. And frankly, the only time I went to one of those was when they did Doctor Who because it's a long way to Des Moines, especially for an evening program. But for country music, they had a couple of them. And one of them was literally two miles down the road from my house. I wish they would have more of them there. But those are normally in-person ones. And for this, because of everything being shut down, they had an online event. And I got to be uh, their commentator for that. And sadly, that is not available still. But that was great fun. And that was on Jan in January for Iowa Public Television, which is a great organization, and it's still not too late to tell them thank you because they uh, have done some great programming on things that you would be interested in, like um, one school, radio homemakers, um, things like that. So uh, it was streaming, just the documentary without commentary, was uh, streaming for a couple months this last year. And I didn't look up the number of hits. I don't think maybe they show on the public page. But they were, the producers were very pleased with the number of hits that they got. Uh, so um, People were watching it there, and I think they probably were watching it on the uh, package you can get access to with, with public television. And I think the season actually won an Emmy, including the, the Laura episode. So that's good. And my guess is it will be streaming free at some point during 2022. But... If you want to, you can also buy it on DVD. 
And that came out, oh, I think in March. So I have a copy, and I think you can get it at the home site. And if not, you can just buy it directly online where you normally get DVDs. Holding physical copies of things is something we recommend. And uh, it's something that I hope you will do because it shows continued interest. And if they're showing... If, if there is a strong enough interest in this episode, there is a strong likelihood they may do something else that would be Laura programming. So that's always the reason to support any Laura event because if it gets a strong enough response, there'll be more, more Laura programming. So that was uh, from Prairie to Page. And so moving on. January 2021, Little House in the Prairie was named the top 100 books to be read by Amazon. Now, Amazon likes to put together lots of lists because they want people to buy books. And one way you do that is to create lists and uh, encourage them to read those books. And so they did that uh, back in January, and it was just top 100 books to read. And I am very pleased that Little House on the Prairie was included because although it still has a very important role culturally um, with all the reaction to it from certain groups, um, I, I really was not really expecting to see it included in um, this kind of mainstream list, but it was, so which I'm very happy for, and I'm very glad that Amazon did. I always recommend buying from the home site, but if you are going to buy from Amazon, this is a great uh, reason to click through from the article with the list of books uh, into Amazon so they know you appreciated that listing. And if you do buy from Amazon, make sure you go to smile.amazon.com instead of www.amazon.com because uh, going to Smile, uh, the Smile version, lets you donate a portion of the cost of the books to your uh, nonprofit of choice. And I have a whole blog post on how to do that and select one of the little house site museums. So if you're going to use Amazon, make sure you pick one of those to get um, a pledge in. Now, I'm not saying that it is that much. Um, I got a thing from Amazon that I think, if I am reading it right, it is not terribly clear, but if I am reading it right, it is saying that there were, I donated $31 over the course of the year. So it isn't a huge amount of money, but it is uh, at least something. All right. February, of course, was, well, January is uh, Pa and Mary's birthday, always. And February is Laura and Manley's. And we really didn't have much going on in the spring. Uh, in June, there was an event at the Homestead National, well, it was Homestead National Monument. I, they changed the name this year. I think it's the Homestead National Historic Site now. It's in Beatrice, Nebraska. It is at that location because that was the very first homestead filed in the country. And it was actually uh, filed by a man named, I think it was Daniel Freeman. It was definitely Freeman, who was responsible, well, a court case he filed was responsible for one of the first uh, court rulings um, in favor of separation of church and state. So it really ended up being kind of a, a good place for them to pick. And they had a event 
that was focused on prairie authors, and they had six people there. Um, I was doing Laura Ingalls Wilder. They had uh, Hamlin Garland. They had um, uh, Willa Cather. They had Beth uh, Streeter Aldridge. And I can't remember the other two, which I should. And I feel really bad about that. But anyway, that's what happens when you don't look things up. But that is actually available on their YouTube channel. If you want to watch that, it's got the whole thing. And uh, they did hold it outside because of concerns with having a fairly decent-sized group inside. Um, and they had to follow Washington, D.C. guidelines because they are a National Park Service site. But I think it really went well. And I have to say that while I was there, I put together a video that was finding Laura Ingalls Wilder connections in Beatrice, Nebraska, which I think is terribly interesting. Although I was sorry that one building had gotten knocked down since the last time I was there, but I think it's cool and you'll like the video as is. Uh, and also when I was there, there were a bunch of cottonwood trees and I have cottonwood trees uh, will snow during part of the year. That's why they're called cottonwood. These little puffs um, come out of the trees and it was like it was literally snowing cottonwood things, which I had never seen before. So I was really glad that we got to be out there because it was kind of cool. Uh, there were a couple big events in July 2021. Now, uh, July tends to be a big event for uh, quite a few home sites and there were two really big events, both in South Dakota this year. And one was the 50th anniversary of the DeSmet pageant. Now, the DeSmet pageant started because um, people who are not the youngest people here will remember back in the day, Hallmark used to sponsor, like, I don't know how many times a year. I don't remember if it was one or two. I don't think it was more than four. It's probably one or two. Um, times during the year, they would sponsor a movie, and it would be a very um, sort of high-class production. The one I always remember was uh, based on the book Sarah Plain and Tall, uh, and it starred Glenn Coase, which was an absolutely amazing movie. I highly recommend if you can find it. But then all during, Hallmark would pay for producing it, and then they'd buy the airtime, so all the commercials during the movie were Hallmark commercials, which was pretty cool. And I'm sorry they don't do it anymore. But how they started doing that was on radio, and they would do different productions. And one of the productions they did back in 1951 uh, was The Long Winter. And Aubrey Sherwood, who was the editor of the Smet News for a good chunk of the 20th century, and his dad was the editor before that. So uh, he was a very, uh, he was very good at promoting local people. So he promoted Laura, he promoted Rose, he promoted Harvey Dunn, and would actually travel to Laura events around the country and report on them in the Disnet News. He was great. I wish I would have gotten a chance to meet him. But anyway, he uh, wrote to the, I don't know if it was to the radio station or radio network or if it was to Hallmark, but he got the rights to make, well, to use that as a play and they in 1971 did the first performance of the pageant 
and uh, they eventually bought the pageant grounds where it is now. And if you've never been to the DeSmet pageant, well, there are three active Laura pageants right now. Uh, one is the one in Mansfield, which is a musical. Uh, the one in Walnut Grove, I always say is sort of the Hollywood version because they have polished it over the years. They always do the same script. They make small changes. They, it, they have special effects that are incredible. They have a broken gas line. So when there's a prairie fire, fire rips across the stage. Uh, they have uh, special things they throw down to be the grasshopper's landing. Their sets are built on a railroad cars so they can pull them out. And they also will rotate 180 degrees. So when the, um, the scene is set inside the house, they show the inside of the house. And when it's in, the, um, in front of the house, they'll turn it around and have that. And it, it's just super Super well done. Now, DeSmet's pageant is a little different. Uh, for a lot of years, they actually would mime to a recording. Um, they haven't done that, thankfully, for quite a while. But they do a different script every year. And it's really a lot more like you're eavesdropping on Laura and her family. The pageant grounds is right beside the Ingalls Homestead. So while they are performing, you can see Pa's cottonwood trees behind them coming up. And if you look to the left beyond the set, you can see the land Pa farmed. And their sets are set up as little buildings, and the fronts will swing open so it's like you're seeing the characters and I just love it and this weekend they have been working on building their events uh, they've done a couple of ones that we I just called the, the SMET events because they were so big um, but they're trying to work on getting more of that wrapped up into their regular pageants this normally the first three weekends in July. And this year, to celebrate the anniversary, they had some stuff going on the whole time. They had uh, uh, some things that were dedicated to a particular theme. And uh, they had one week was authors. And I'm sorry I didn't get to go for that one. But the one they wanted me to be at was the one with the actors. So uh, I got to see Allison and Dean, which is always great. And if there is anything you'd like to do with the actors that's a little different, be sure to tell them in DeSmet because they're trying to come up with some unusual things for their events. So I'm sure they would always be glad of ideas. Now, uh, the weekend that I was there for the author's event uh, was also for Carrie's birthday. Now, they'd originally planned this for last year because it was the 150th, and then they canceled it. So this was the 151st birthday of Carrie Ingalls. And they had an event with speakers there in Keystone. Keystone is the closest town to Mount Rushmore. So if you've ever been to Mount Rushmore, you've probably at least driven through Keystone. It was probably where you had lunch. There's a little bigger town a little further away called Hill City, but most people come through Keystone. And I have made a trip there and highly recommend it. I think you will really enjoy it. Whether you want to do Laura stuff or not, there's all kinds of things going on in Keystone. And I was very sorry to miss the event. I actually had sort of planned to go when it was the 150th, but schedules and things changed, so I did not get to this one, unfortunately. So, moving along, in 
September, we got a new book that came out, and it was the revised book, the revised text. Uh, this was the second of a trilogy of books that um, the press came out with at the South Dakota State Historical Society Press. They had come out with the original book, Pioneer Girl, and published it. It was a previously unpublished memoir by Laura that they went back and mined for the Little House book. And this was heavily annotated. And it sold so well that I cannot even, well, I can't even understand it. I'm not going to go back to why it sold so well. But it sold enough that they, back in 2017, when it had only been going for, I think it was published in 14. Well, anyway, about three three or maybe four years into uh, selling copies, they had already sold more copies of Pioneer Girl than they had of every other book they had ever published added together. So uh, they, of course, wanted to follow up on this, like I said about the special. If something is successful, they will do more. And they're doing a trilogy of follow-up books. And the first one was a series of essays on, on Pioneer Girl. And they had a conference for that one where they had most of the people who wrote for this book show up and talk about it, which uh, I really enjoyed it. They do have a set of DVDs, and I think you can still get it, of the conference. I will warn you that I don't know what they did to the sound. I really do not know how you could get such bad sound on recording. It's, it's really not good. But you can see it, and uh, you can get the highlights anyway if you would want that. So that was the, the first book of this trilogy. This is the second book. And what revised text is, is during the process of using this book and failing to get it published and having it rewritten eventually using parts of it to create Little House in the Big Woods um, with a lot of other stuff added in, there were various, there, well, there were basically three different versions, um, a handwritten version and a couple of typed um, versions. And these were, the typed versions were done by Rose, and over the course of it, things were edited out, things were added in, and what the revised text does is it, in three columns, lays out the text of the book for each three, or for the book, in those three versions, side by side, with a fourth column with annotation. Now, if you are interested in how the books were written, um, how things were added, how certain things were focused on, how certain things were removed from later, the later versions, this is a book you really want because to compare those texts, um, there is not an easy way to do that unless you have this book. So if you are interested in the writing process at all, you really want the revised text. And that came out in uh, October, right at the end of September, the beginning. Well, it came out in September, right in that end of September, beginning of October timeframe. And they still have copies available. You can get it at any, at any of the home sites. As if you're interested in writing, you really should have this book. If you're interested in being a completist, meaning you have everything you want this book, if you have bought Pioneer Girl and Pioneer Girl Perspectives, which is what the, editor, the, the essay book is called, you really want to get the other two follow-ups. So this uh, is the revised text, and I haven't gotten 
a review of it uh, published yet. It is actually on my agenda for the next couple of days. I hope to get it done. But I have written a description of the background of the Pioneer Girl Project and uh, talk about this book coming out. So you can find that on my blog. And I will try and go back in and add a link to the show notes for that. All right. Now, actually, the end of the year has ended up being pretty Laura heavy with events. First, and this one's kind of a sad one, but they had a small chapel on the Walnut Grove Museum grounds. Now, this came from when they were first starting having um, the grounds, and they were looking for buildings. And they thought one of the things they ought to have, uh, because of its importance to Laura's story, was a chapel. And so this was a group of people who were VOAG students. Um, In the news story about it, that the museum put out, they were calling them like VOAG students. I had heard FFA students, but there's probably a lot of overlap there. So we're basically probably talking about the same group of kids. But they came in and re remodeled this building, which had been a garage, into a chapel. And for a lot of years, it had the little red pew in it, which is from the congregational church that the Ingalls attended while they were there. They've got one pew. And it was there, and there was a working pump organ in it, uh, which the last time I heard it was still working. I actually have a picture of Shirley Knox playing it, because one day I was there and she came out and was playing quite a few songs for it. It was really great. But... um, It was really not built to last forever, and it really was in a condition where it would have taken more money to fix it than it was worth. And so they actually have torn it down. Now, I did do a blog post about that uh, with some pictures of the chapel, and if you are interested in that, be sure to check out my blog post with photos and things. Now, also in October was the DeSmet's um, entry in USA's best, USA Today's Best Town Contest. Now, this ended up, and I'm not sure where they got the nominations, but you could go, everybody could go and vote every day, and they... Uh, you could change the positions of these 10 towns. And again, I'm not sure, it didn't really say if there'd been a vote to establish this top 10 or if somebody at the magazine come up with the list or if it had been voted up before they really made a big announcement about it. But when we went to the list, DeSmet was number three. And more people mobilized to vote and it actually moved up to number two. So DeSmet was officially declared uh, the second best town in the USA. And there, there was some really stiff competition. These were towns that you had heard of with whether you're, just, you know, if, without being a fan of anything, you should have heard of these towns. And so for DeSmet snag, the number two place, was pretty impressive. Uh, The other thing they did in October, remember that I said about uh, the Laura days being smaller and um, being really reduced in size. Uh, They're one of the areas that have a lot of problems um, replacing volunteer positions. And they have really had to shorten the event to make it work, uh, even without COVID. So they need help. 
And so they had a fundraiser um, on GoFundMe during October. And there is still time to donate to Pepin or any of the Laura Home sites. If you go to their website, you can you can give money. And this is supposed to be helping helping to um, make up for the lack of funds not having Laura days to keep them going. So it's really, I would highly recommend it, recommending to any one of the home sites as we go into the new year. Now, in November, something that I had not expected happened, Pa's tombstone disappeared. Now, don't worry. It was a planned disappearance. Now, one of the things I have been working on, and I may do an episode on it this year. That made me think who I could have on for a guest to discuss that. That would be cool. And, well, if you're interested in that, be sure to make a note on my social media or a comment on this episode so I remember to do it. But anyway, uh, it had been recarved once, and it was to the point where it was fairly hard to read. And part of that is because it is made of a stone that was very popular back when Pa died uh, for tombstones, but it has not really held up long term. Now, it's better than sandstone, but it isn't as good as the the granite that they use usually today. So they are going to recarve it and put it back. In fact, I haven't heard it might be back already, but um, that's something that is going on. Now, a book came out also in November, and it was called Bright Lights and Prairie or Bright Lights Prairie Dust by Karen Grassley. And I interviewed her, and I will remember to put the link for that in the show notes too. But it is I'm glad I got a chance to talk to her, if for no other reason that I now know how to pronounce her name. Because um, there is, well, the senator from my home state has the same name. And looking at it, I really didn't think the odds were good that she pronounced it the same way. Turns out they did. So now I know how to say Karen Grassley's name correctly, which I am very glad about. Now, it's an interesting book because... It really, if you look at the book, you say to yourself, this book is pitched at Little House fans. It is a picture of um, Grassley dressed in a ma costume on the front. Oh, and she said that blouse that I swear to God, it looks exactly like a polyester blouse I had at the time. She says it was cotton. So it isn't polyester even though I'm always looking at that blouse and going, that's got to be polyester. But she says it was cotton, so it was. Um, And they uh, have quotes from Laura or the TV show or something like that at the beginning of each chapter. But if you think of Karen as being someone like Ma, or at least someone Ma would have approved of, this book does not really reflect that at all. Um, She made some poor choices uh, in her life, and she was able to turn that around. She uh, got, she had to renegotiate her contract to get, a fair amount of money for appearing on the show, and she had issues with that. She uh, is now sober, which 
I, any hats off to her. That is a very hard thing to do. And she said she basically um, has been sober ever since she started uh, about the time of the, the television show after, sort of towards the end of the television show. And uh, she really, I think, settled down and focused in doing work that was important to her because she had the money from the television, television show as sort of a nest egg uh, place to fall back from. So she did a lot of work in the theater because that's really where she, uh, her interest was and worked with political causes and that kind of thing. Uh, and the book kind of stops in sort of an odd state. Well, I guess I should say it's based on her diaries that she kept. So you can really tell that when you're reading it. I mean, it isn't like Dear Diary and then that, or it isn't like there's a date and then something and a date and then something. It's, it's written in a narrative form. But I think you can really feel that it originated in a diary. Um, and it ended at kind of an odd place. Uh, she had just gotten married, um, and it was it was like they were ending the book at a natural stopping point. Point, and then she says something rather foreboding, and that's the end. And I thought maybe that meant she was hoping there'd be a second book from then to now. But it didn't sound like when I talked to her that that was the case. So I'm wondering if maybe that was when her diaries ended or something. But anyway, uh, if you want to know what was really going on um, with the actress who played Ma while it was on, you will want to read this book. Um, Also, during November, Mansfield has been having... Uh, a Laura Ingalls Wilder Children's Literature Festival uh, for the last couple of years. And they did it because the ALA pulled Wilder's name off of the Wilder Medal. They have a different designed medal, which is really gorgeous. I, I would love to see it on a T-shirt, but they apparently have no plans to do that. I'm so sorry. It's gorgeous. Um, And uh, they give out an award for sort of excellence in children's literature. And they have a committee that decides on it. And um, this was, I think, the the third time they'd given the medal out. And I hope we'll have somebody on during this year that can talk about that a little bit more about how they developed it and to what they are looking for uh, for recipients going forward. So that was really cool. And then this last December, uh, last year, well, in 2020, the pageants were kind of in a bad place because people were closing down large outdoor events and with a lot of people. And the pageants, of course, are large events with a lot of people. So they ended up canceling them last year. And they ended up doing digital versions. They uh, did one in the cement that was basically a reader's theater version of the pageant. Uh, and they did one in Walnut Grove where they, instead of having a pageant uh, every night when they're normal, well, every week when they normally would have a pageant, they had uh, an interview or two interviews and a couple of scenes from the pageant that they were considering adding to the script for this uh, this year. Well, Dismet, this December decided that they really liked that outreach um, vehicle to reach out to other people around the country who may not have come to their event to let them know it happened 
and encouraging more people to come. And so in uh, December this last year, they did an event where they uh, live streamed a play, uh, which was about Laura and her family and the meaning of Christmas. And it's an interesting thing. I think it's still on their Facebook page if you want to take a look. And they've never done anything like that before. But I am wondering now if uh, at least the Walnut Grove and the Dismet pageants might not be doing more outreach online. Uh, it just, it lets, uh, it really is a great thing to let people know they exist because there are definitely Laura fans out there who haven't looked into the place that Laura lived and don't know that there are these pageants that you can um, go to. So I, uh, I want to mention that because I think that maybe is a sign of things to come. At least I really hope so because I think that would just be great if they had more material coming out that we can have to share online, either as it happens or after it happens uh, to catch the archive. And that is pretty much it. I did post uh, in the Laura groups I belong to and uh, on my regular Facebook feed and on my Twitter, asking people what was the biggest Laura event, what, were, what did they consider Laura events that happened this year? And I mostly got responses that were either something like, I got to go to a home site for the first time, or were things that they were looking forward to in 2022. So I really did not have a lot of help putting us together. And unfortunately, the last two years, I really have been skipping out on my little 15-minute, uh, this is what's happening this month. Um, and I don't know, maybe that would, would have been a better idea to keep that going. But I just hated to say something was definitely happening because you did not know whether something was going to happen or not. Um, in 2020, for instance, pretty much the only home site that got an actual event to happen was Independence. Uh, they did an event for Carrie's birthday that they usually do. And it was a much smaller thing than normal. And it was almost entirely outside because they really don't have any inside space. But that was really the only event at the home sites in person in 2020. And in 2021, like I said, there were events that were scheduled and then canceled and then rescheduled or just canceled and not picked up. And sometimes they uh, picked to do that right at the beginning of the year and said, no, we're just giving up. And sometimes they thought they could maybe do it, and so they uh, kind of tiptoed forward and either eventually did it or canceled in the middle of the year. So I just didn't want to do too much and letting people know what was coming up just because I didn't want to give out wrong information. But this year other than January, because I usually don't do a January episode because I do this episode rounding up. And a lot of times I will do, and I'm not sure if I'll get it done in January. I'm hoping so, but I don't know for sure, a forecast on what's going on in Laura events in 2022, well, this time. And I really think that kind of supplants meeting a little 15 minutes. But hopefully, we're going to get the little previews for the month out on time this year. 
And we are going to, so next year, it'll be a lot easier to put the summary together because I will have my little report to go back and listen to. If there is something that happened that you think I missed, please let me know either in the comments below this episode or you can contact me on social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, my Facebook page. Um, you know, all over the web, whatever your favorite social media platform is, you'll either find me there at Sarah Utah or Trundle Bed Tales, or sometimes it's both. So uh, be sure to let me know about that. Also, anything that you're looking forward to in the coming year, I will gladly take those as well. As a further reminder... This year, we're going to, at some point, be doing that look-ahead episode. Uh, we also are going to be doing a Nancy Coble uh, episode, interviewing her about, about Pioneer Girl, uh, or more specifically, the revised text. Uh, we are going to do Laura's birthday on February 7th, uh, 7 o'clock for the, uh, Central Time for the Walnut Grove uh, special they're doing, and then turn over to... Uh, where you get your podcast to listen to the little house, well, Laura's birthday live episode, online party. Um, if you don't listen to these live, if you listen to one live a year, that is the one to listen to and to call into. And the last thing I want to talk about, which is really kind of more of looking to the future, but I want to make sure I say it, is uh, that I have been working on uh, being more active in my YouTube channel because I had had an argument with YouTube on changes they had made. And by that, I mean I mostly got furious at them and stopped using the site. Uh, But they've gotten rid of a lot of those changes. And so I started again on my uh, YouTube channel last couple years. Uh, The last few months, I've been having an argument with the computer that has my video editing program on it. But I think we have made peace. So uh, I hope to get going on uploading more videos again this year. If you are interested in that, we've uh, got some on Vimeo pretty much all of them on YouTube. And if you want to subscribe to the channel, to like or share or comment on those, I would be most appreciative. Uh, You can find there on various subjects, there are trip diaries, there are my Laura in a minute, there's my little nature videos that are just sort of a scene of nature in the Midwest, usually something having to do with Laura. And um, let's see, in the kitchen with Laura, just all kinds of different, oh, unboxing episodes. I do unboxing uh, things about Laura things I get. So basically, uh, there's a lot going on in the YouTube channel. Not Not so much for the last couple months, but we are working on improving that and getting going for uh, 2022. So keep an eye there. Keep an eye here. Keep an eye on the blog and Twitter and Facebook and all over the place. And I hope we're going to have a lot more content for you this year. Thank you for joining me talking about Laura Ingalls Wilder in 2021. And please, please come back and enjoy Uh, what's going on in 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.